WrestleTalkPodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And now, it's time for the reigning, defending, undisputed leader in pro wrestling podcast, the Wrestle Talk Podcast. ¿Qué pasa? ¿Qué pasa? ¿Qué pasa? Loyal members of the WrestleTalk family, allow me the night out to be the first to welcome you in to episode 384 of the WTP, homie. By my side tonight, ready to kill it, rocking the red. I feel like we almost coordinated outfits today, Skywalker, the one and only social media director for both the WrestleTalk podcast and Dynamo Pro Wrestling. The one, the only, 20 plus years in the game, the illustrious Skywalker, Luke Roberts. Well, Renee, I got to tell you right now, not only did we color coordinate our outfits this evening, but I even color coordinated the chair. You can tell how much we're going to be ready to <laughs> rock and roll tonight here. Episode 384 of the Russell Talk Podcast. We're going to have John Arezzi here in about 26, 27 minutes, and then at 8.15 this evening, an interview a sit-down, face-to-face confrontation that I am definitely one that's most interested. You're going to have on one side the pro wrestling epic interstate champion, infamous Tyler Copeland. On the other side, you're going to have the WPW United States champion, Mr. Extraordinary Benjamin Trust. And this coming Saturday, one of these two gentlemen will be wrestling in a notice qualification match and will walk out with two championships. Now, you've heard of title for title matches and things of the sort. But this match is no DQ. And I can tell you right now, a former guest of the show, or actually two guests of the show, that being Leon Mephisto and Ace Roberts, representing both companies, have almost 100% guarantee that their competitor is going to walk out with two championships this coming Saturday night at Epic Anarchy in Alton. I got to tell you, Both of these men recently won championships and they go from winning titles to putting their title and their promotions reputation on the line this coming Saturday night. That takes a lot of of an intestinal fortitude, as they say. And I got to tell you, Renee, tonight we're going to have a great time here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. As always, I got my notes right here. We got a lot of great things to talk about. We got a lot of great uh, fans watching the program tonight and... We also got a lot of great sponsors, too. It seems like every time we turn around, more and more people are showing their proud support of the Russell Talk podcast. There's no question, and allow me to be the first to get into that, man. Major shout-out to Everything Combat, Kincaid Arcade, Esports Bar KC, I-70 Sports Media, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter's Dream Production, Rathbun Engraving, Me Fiesta KC, Party Rentals, Nobleman's Marber Lounge in Kansas City, Missouri. Remember to ask for Pete the Barber. And, of course, the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, the FWWC. And as a matter of fact, I'm feeling a little spicy here tonight, Luke Roberts. I actually challenge every other co-host of this podcast to try to do a better sponsorship 
drop than what I do every single time on on here. Because guess what? Every single one of these people, I follow on all their social media platforms. I patronize with them regularly. And whenever we do the sponsor segment, I always make sure to kill the game. So this goes out to Dick Douglas, Skywalker, the Maestro, Big Sexy Chris Rodale, Hardcore Hoss, Sunny Money Mayo, my kid, your kid, everybody's kid 20 years down the road. <laughs> you can't do it better than tonight, Al, baby. We, when I say we show our sponsors love, I mean that shit. You dig me? Well, I got to tell you something right now, Renee. And I know for a fact that a lot of the listeners of the Wrestle Talk podcast, I know that there's a lot of people that have been in support of you since you joined the program. And I think they have, they've, they've decided already we're at 707 that you deserve a round of applause for the fact of all the hard work you do to talk about all the great sponsors here, of the Russell talk podcast. Can we get a round of applause for the night out? I think he really does deserve that. Awesome job, by the way. And again, we want to thank those great sponsors, but because without them, and the fans, the WrestleTalk podcast doesn't exist for 384 episodes. And tonight, Renee, it's going to be awesome. I got to ask Can I you give now- a special shout out, though? Go ahead. Shout out to my man, Larry Wolf, who has been in the hospital recently. Uh, a pro wrestling super fan out of the Alden, Southern Illinois, Eastern Missouri area. Larry, I think, is now the second person in, F- uh, in uh, WrestleTalk podcast history to be tuning in and participating from the hospital, baby. So shout out to you, Larry Wolf. Gotta agree with you, (laughs) Renee. Uh, Larry Wolf is a very devout fan of professional wrestling. He's traveled to all sorts of promotions throughout the greater St. Louis area. They call it the River Bend, the metropolitan area here in St. Louis. And I'm going to tell you right now, you, it's very uncommon to see not see Larry Wolf in an event. And I got to tell you, for him to be tuning in tonight, uh, again, he's been dealing with some health issues. Again, hopefully he'll be able to get out of the hospital. I, I remember hearing something saying they're hoping. I think he gets to go back home tomorrow. Uh, again, we, we, we can't help but uh, make sure we get, get send out our best wishes to Larry Wolf as he recovers. He can get back home and he can get back to one of the places that he absolutely loves, and that's sitting ringside for professional wrestling. Uh-oh, uh-oh, look who's getting rowdy. Big Sexy, the big road dog himself, saying, are you calling me out? You're damn right I'm calling you out. Are you not paying attention? <laughs> Come on, Rodell. Damn, man. I thought you were clear, Renee. No, I, I was really very did. clear, bro. Do you want me to do it in Spanish? Everybody just hit their SAP button. I'll do the whole thing in Spanish. Over. <laughs> All right, real quick, though, um, I want to give a shout-out to my brother that competed uh, this weekend at XWE at the Bubba Sutton Memorial Battle Royal. The one and only big country, Matt Stockdale. Shout out to you, bro. Uh, I know that you love what you do. And it was great to see you active and working safely at a place like XWE. Very reputable. Uh, A lot of great trainers there. A lot of great people to learn from. If you're a young up-and-comer like Matt Stockdale with the size that he has, no better thing to do. And I'm sure you would agree with this, Skywalker, than to get around some veterans, some people that know how to operate safely and intelligently. And I think that's exactly what... uh, what Stockdale's doing. Totally agree with you, Renee. It's one of those I learned many, many, many years ago. Too many more than I want to admit sometimes. But a lot of times the best way to learn, there's two ways I've always looked at learning. One, you can study footage. You can study matches live and in person. But another way is to, as they say, sit under the learning tree. Have the opportunity to learn from some of these great veterans who've traveled the country, who've been in and out of professional wrestling matches all across this world. And I got to tell you, 35 years, actually, to be honest with you, Renee, 
eight days away from celebrating year 35 in professional wrestling. 35. And I still learn things to this very day. And there's a lot of great and people. And I believe you. I believe you because at this last weekend show, our uh, KWA Heartland champion, Paradox, his son is probably about a year old, and he was already running around barefoot in the ring. So when people say they've been in the business for 30, 40 years, I believe them, bro. Some dudes literally slide out of the womb onto the third rope and hit that frog splash on their dad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So oh, I, I get you. I get you completely. We know something, Renee. We've taken care of our great sponsors. We always take care of our great listeners and viewers here of the Wrestle Talk podcast. But you know something? We got to take care of a little bit of business. And I, and I, I kind of feel... I feel sad because usually this is the, the part of the show where Nightmare Jones, and again, Nightmare Jones, want to send you out there a shout-out. Again, I know that you were talking about him earlier tonight too, Renee. You know something? Since, since Nightmare's not here, Renee, we take care of this every week. And if there's anybody I'm ready. in the you know Russell Talk podcast, <laughs> I think I want to go ahead and throw it to you because there's something we got to take care of every week. And I'm going to go ahead and give it to you because you do this intro so well. Yeah, let me go ahead and whip out my wood here. <clears throat> ah, there it is. Ah, yes. <laughs> Shout out to FWWC World Champion Luke Justice here, representing La Familia on the Wrestle Talk podcast tonight. And you know what? If anybody can appreciate it, is an officer of the law like Luke Justice, as we do every single week, we've been doing it for a very long time, we're going to ask everybody to respectfully remove their caps, place their hands over their hearts, as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth. And that's America, damn it! Enough of that. Enough of that. <laughs> Renee, I got to tell you right now, even uh, I, I don't know if it was a technical issue on my end or things along those lines, but again, it always brings a tear to the eye every week. But I got to tell you right now, man, even at about 30% volume, that was about, oh man, that was, that was, that was quite memorable. <laughs> well, yeah, and it sounds like the other members of the Wrestle Talk podcast family are feeling the exact same way. Again, shout out. Uh, to our boy Larry in the hospital right now. Uh, Big Road Dog says, get well very, very soon. We got some uh, followers and fans in the chat room already talking trash to each other. That's fine. Keep it coming, guys. And by the way, you are welcome to join the show during the High Spot segment. If you guys want uh, to come on and participate and talk wrestling, it can be independent, professional, international, uh, you know, uh, sports entertainment, whatever you call it, you want to come on and chop it up with us. You can either shoot Luke Skywalker Roberts, myself, or the Wrestle Talk podcast a direct message, and we will send you the link and bring you on the show because we ain't never scared. We're ready to talk to anybody about anything pertaining to the wonderful world of professional wrestling. Well, you know something right now, Night Owl? Before we get started with high spots, you know you how you challenged everybody? Yeah. Just a couple of minutes ago, we received a message 
from Richard Douglas. Oh, dear goodness. And again, because we have to make sure that we keep this proud, outstanding member of the Russell Talk podcast community and family acknowledged. Can you go ahead and bring up the statement that we received here? Uh, it was just yes. a couple minutes ago. Yes. Yes. And, yes. and again, I have to share this. It's one of those oh where Richard Douglas, always a man of prepared, always around the globe, making sure that he continues his crusade. Per contractual obligations, the Media Douglas team will be continuously on the air throughout the show. He is attending the State of the Union Address. That's right. Richard Douglas, a man of the people, for those that were Dynamo Pro this Saturday, a man of the people, is in attendance tonight at the State of the Union. He's going to be... Bro, the people literally for- booed him out of the room. Are we going to just gloss over that point? Uh, well, uh- <laughs> I was, I, I was going to keep that impartial. I mean, again, being the respected broadcast journalist that I am, I made sure to keep that impartial. But I got to tell you right now, Fans don't take too kindly to him. Assad chiming in here tonight. Good to see Assad here on the program. You know what, Renee? I don't think they want to hear too much more about uh, all these different things. They want to hear about high spots. There's so much stuff going on in the world of pro wrestling. I mean, again, it's just like everything's on fire. We're on the road to WrestleMania. We've got this big announcement from AEW. we got MLW. We've got all of the stuff going on. With MLW, I mean, you name it, there's all sorts of stuff going on in pro wrestling. So I think it's time. It's time. It's high spots time. Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. And I did just get off the horn with the one and only DJ Money. We do have a, um, let's just say, a revised version of the high spots theme coming very soon. Same cut. Just better quality. Literally, he put this one together in his studio, shot it up to us without mastering and mixing it. So he's going to do that, go back, do it professionally all the way. He kind of he kind of did it in a rush for us. Really, it's not his fault. It's our fault. But by next week, let's keep our fingers crossed, we will have this exact high spots entry theme for you guys in full stereo resolution. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, to kick off tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast High Spots segment, the one and only DJ Money. My check, my check. Yeah. All right, all right. WrestleTalk Podcast. DJ Money. Yeah. Let's go. Welcome to High Spots, where we pop news like Claire Chops. We talk shop, coming through the screens of a laptop. And non-stop, like a runner's speech is a black top. We hit hard like chest shots and back drops. Like a clock flash, look like a belly flop. Now that's hard. We up to speed while they stay slow. Wrestle talk podcast, now they know. We about to start the show. Uh. All right, Renee, I got to tell you right now, High Spots is right here on the Russell Talk Podcast. And I'm going to tell you right now, we had a just posted up here a minute ago, Father Craven. I'm out on the East Coast, Yo. catching up the Russell Talk Podcast tonight. We got people from all across the globe making it a point to be a part of the Russell Talk Podcast. And Renee, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of big things. But the one thing. Whoa, that whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, we have graphics. Wow. We have graphics. Hey, can we get some noise for that? Yeah, let's graphics. go. We 
graphics, ladies and gentlemen. And, and again, I don't know if you guys are noticing the background. We're kind of going a little feng shui around here. We're trying to make it official like a referee in the golden whistle. You know, keeping it cooler than the other side of the pillow and all that. So, what I've done is, hopefully you guys dig it. Let's get some feedback. By the way, these comments are lit, yo. Keep them coming, guys. And if you got the, you know, huevos to join us during the hot spot segment, you got about 15 minutes left. You can jump on and talk wrestling with us. First topic that you threw into the pot, let's start a little lukewarm and work our way up to hot there, Skywalker. Was this high spots topic? And I'll read. Cesaro released. Will he fulfill his potential outside of WWE? I know you're the one that brought this one to the table. Why, Skywalker? And what are your thoughts on the topic? Well, I got to tell you right now, this surprised me. Cesaro is, from what I've I've read, from what I've seen, has always been a class act. I had an opportunity many years ago uh, as Claudio Casagnoli having an opportunity here in the St. Louis area to be on an event with the now formerly Cesaro. And I got to tell you, this man has an outstanding repertoire in the ring. He knows what he's doing. He's, I mean, his strength is unreal. I mean, this man is just nothing short of amazing inside the ring and it surprised me that it wasn't really a release so to speak it was just they chose not to renew his contract and i gotta tell you here's a man with an infinite upside and i gotta tell you since he uh chose to leave the wwe just a couple days ago i gotta tell you right now he's not going to be looking for a promotion to wrestle in for long. He's not. Whether he goes to Impact, he goes back to Ring of Honor, he even would consider going to AEW or maybe New Japan. Okay. I got to tell you right now, I think that the WWE did not capitalize on Cesaro. And so I think what's his ceiling though, Skywalker? You're a man of many promotions. And what I mean by that is you're not a one promotion WWE AEW guy. Where does he fit in and what exactly is his ceiling? Now, I used to hear the argument, you know, he'd be great if he just didn't have the heavy accent. Well, Becky Lynch basically kicked that door down <laughs> with the heavy, you know, with the heavy Irish accent. Uh, Sheamus has been doing it for years. Um, I don't think there's any significant difference between Cesaro and those two from in-ring ability to his ability to be understood on the microphone. I think the only difference and, and the thing that has held him back to a certain point is charisma. Um, he sounds a little clunky. So with that being stated, again, that's just my opinion, not the opinion of everybody uh, here on the show today. But what is that ceiling, you know, taking all those things into consideration, Skywalker? I can tell you right now, you want to talk about charisma? Look at some of the things he did with the bar. Look at the things he did with the real Americans. I don't think, in my opinion, he was utilized. And I got to tell you right now, and this may be a little bold, maybe a little bit of a hot topic, if you will. Okay. I think right now, give him no more than two years, and he's a world champion somewhere. Wow, that's ballsy. That's a ballsy call, especially because of how much unsigned talent there currently is out in the pro wrestling world. I was tempted to make that one of my high spots topics, 
about who the hottest free agent in pro wrestling is today. But then I remembered about a month ago we had this conversation. Um, and I should say it wasn't necessarily free agent. It was who's the hottest wrestler today not currently signed by either WWE or AEW. And I believe I said Okada. Somebody said Jay White. <laughs> Oddly enough, Jay White's been uh, making his presence fed here recently. I just, you know, as much as I love Cesaro, bro, the basically the only companies I could see him being top champion of are MLW, AAA, New Japan. I don't see him competing for the top championship in AEW. I don't see him competing for the top championship even in GCW. Matt Cardona was able to kind of make uh, a new wave for himself, and we all know what he's done uh, since capturing multiple championships, both in Impact GCW and most recently the NWA World Heavyweight Championship from our very local and beloved Trevor Murdoch. I just, again, going back to the charisma thing, I don't see him being able to carry what I would consider the three most prestigious championships outside of the WWE today, but I do see him eligible for those other ones because you can make a damn good stamp for yourself with any of those other companies. Do you disagree or agree or disagree with that statement? I'm going to take this in a different avenue. You mentioned the NWA. Okay. And there's recently some, some, some issues that the world champion, Matt Cardona, which again, kind of surprises me because I Trevor Murdoch would have a much more, uh, much longer reign as the NWA world champion. We were all hoping so. But you now have Matt Cardona and Nick Aldis. And I got to tell you right now, look at this matchup, just as an example. Matt Cardona versus Claudio Castagnoli. Okay. Or Claudio Castagnoli taking on the national treasure, Nick Aldis. I think both of those are marked. I think in the ring they would be great matchups, Skywalker. But what would that buildup look like? Do you believe Cesaro to have the ability to carry a program? The only standout program we remember him, him, him having, and I could be mistaken here, was his best of seven against Sheamus like seven years ago. What have you seen him do individually, even in the limited opportunities that he's got, that makes you believe that he could carry a top-level program for a top-level championship? I just haven't seen it in the last 12 years that the man's been signed to WWE. Give me evidence. Show me receipts. You want to know where I'm going to show the receipts? Okay. I'm going to look at it from the other perspective. When was he given the opportunity to run with the ball? If you go back to what you were talking about, you were talking about the idea of seven, the, the, the best of seven. But he was always put in tag teams. And I'm not discrediting the tag teams and he, he was succeeded with. Yeah, he time, succeeded very well. But when was he given the opportunity? I mean, he was given the opportunity, I believe, Intercontinental title. Right. United States title. But he wasn't given. Notice he was never the primary stick man on any of those tag teams he was on. Whether it was uh, uh, Tyson Kidd or Cesaro or whoever it was that he teamed up with, the other guy always did the majority of the talking, going back to my original point about his stick ability and charisma. Like I said, my view is simple. I look okay. at it simply put. I think if you give him a chance, he's going to surprise you. I really okay. do. Okay, shout out to Matt Stockdale. <coughs> not only pursuing his pro wrestling dreams, uh, but also... Being an educator, shout out to you. And by the way, guys, we are seeing the comments. They will be coming on progressively. There's just an overload of comments. Thank you guys so much for being what? here. What, what, what? Did you see I'll, one that I'll, caught I'm your attention? Some of the comments that are here <laughs> what, tonight. What? Wow. Oh, man there, of integrity, get out of here. Yeah, there are a lot of comments going here tonight. 
that are definitely, I mean, again, you got to follow this on social media because there are a lot of great things that are going on here tonight as a part of the high spot segment. Now, Renee, I know we got about five minutes or so, a little more, a little less until we're going to have John Arezzi on the program. Well-known professional wrestling journalist, historian, you name it. He's been around and he's been involved with it. Let's go ahead and throw another high uh, high spots topic out. Mm, I got another one for you. And this high spots topic, believe it or not, Skywalker, actually comes with a video. We're going to watch maybe about 30 to 45 seconds out of it, and then we'll have a conversation to follow. Are you okay with that? I'm totally fine. It's this, this technology stuff's great, being able to have the comments running. Now we got video for the WrestleTalk podcast, well, for the host, and now we're going to have video airing live right here. I'm ready, Renee. All right. Big shout out to our friends over at Smack Talks for this incredible review of WWE 2K22. We're going to watch a little bit under a minute of it, and then we're going to go ahead and get into our initial reactions of the game. Okay, This is one of the YouTubers that was given the opportunity to pre-screen the game, and we're going to share it with you guys as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. All right, so we're not we're going to go ahead and do this without any audio behind it cuz I do want to get a feeling um and, and get your initial reactions to what you're seeing. I'm not sure if you've seen uh this particular clip uh Luke Skywalker Roberts, but it is all the rage right now throughout uh the social media verse because it's a positive reaction that we've been getting for the majority of the pro wrestling internet community just based off of what you're seeing here initially i have to get your thoughts because these guys got run through the mud a few years ago skywalker for their previous release they went off and forked over the money to 2k that also makes the nba games and several other sports including the nhl and it seems at least on the surface that the new engines and the new investments in the product are paying off i have to get your thoughts man what do you think about what you're seeing here well i gotta tell you right now renee being the avid gamer that I am, I remember going back and playing games like the Royal Rumble on the SNES and seeing the evolution of games moving on to things like WrestleMania uh, 2000, moving on to things like No Mercy, moving on to N WCW NWO Revenge, a lot of great uh, professional wrestling games. And I got to tell you, the last installment of the 2K series, it wasn't even disappointing. Disappointing to me is about four steps higher than what 2K20 was. <laughs> but I got to tell you right now, from what we're seeing here, the graphics are awesome. They've taken, they've gone back to a lot of the things that the game, the, the, the gaming faithful have been asking for things like a GM mode. Uh, I think they've had an expanded storyline. The, the, the number of wrestlers in the game is a lot more in depth. I got to tell you, this is one I'm looking forward to. And again, if you haven't already gotten it, I know a lot of my friends have already pre-ordered this uh, particular title. You got to make it a point to get it because I think it's going to be an awesome experience. I'm definitely light years ahead of 2K20. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I am definitely excited about what I've seen so far. Just ex as excited or maybe even a little bit less excited about the, the, the game than I am about our upcoming guest, He's currently in the green room. Mr. Arezzi ordered nothing but blue M&Ms and Avion water. We had to make sure to appease a 
pro wrestling legend. And you know, it's funny because I, I was talking to a couple of guys uh, just about a month ago at a wrestling show. We were talking about what defines a legend. And I think that it's not about a particular number of championships. It's about the impact that you made in the in the field of your choosing, right? I believe that there are legendary kickers in football. I believe that there are legendary general managers, legendary coaches. People have never actually stepped on the field who have become legends of the game because of their contributions outside of the game. And I think that the gentleman that is about to join us is the definition of being a pro wrestling legend as a man who isn't known for his in-ring contributions. No, no, no. He is known for his contributions to the pro wrestling community through photography and storytelling. So ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, welcome back after a several year hiatus off the Wrestle Talk podcast, the one, the only, the wonderful John Arezzi. Wow, I don't know how to live up to that. <laughs> yeah, we know how to build them up, John. That's kind of what we do here. <laughs> wow, that's kind of incredible, yeah. Well, and listen, uh, as the young people say these days, that is no cap, sir. Everything I just said is on point and 100% accurate, okay? You Thank are you. a legend of this sport, not only because of what you did in the past, but what you continue to do today. You're carrying on the legacy of guys like Classy, Freddie Blassie, and the like. And I personally... Uh, uh, appreciate that because as great as the pro wrestling community is now, it wouldn't be what it is today without the contributions of people such as yourself. With that said, I'm going to jump right into my first question and then work backwards because I see my guy Luke Roberts over there chomping at the bit. <laughs> first question, for a guy as old school as you, what today in professional wrestling has your attention, if anything? I'm curious. Uh, right now, I mean, you know, the business has evolved, so evolution is going to take its course, and uh, things aren't the way they were 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years ago when I started. But today, I mean, I'm really compelled by the um, storyline with MJF, CM Punk, uh, and AEW. I think that's uh, really, really good uh television i think mjf is incredible uh, on his promos and just as a believable heel and you know and his last promo in aew when he you know cried uh that has the makings of a little bit of a baby face turn but you know who knows when that'll happen uh so you know that and that organization is uh is really uh opening my eyes and the wwe it's uh the return of ronda rousey who I always, even though she doesn't look like she has the fire as like she had in her debut a few years ago, I was still waiting her return because I thought she was very believable and for credibility and incredible work ethic uh, to uh, her in-ring work. Uh, so that was exciting to me. And also, you know, the Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns uh, battle at WrestleMania for the main event, uh, title versus title, winner takes all. That is That has the makings to be something really, really cool. So out of the product today, and I have to admit that I don't watch all the shows. I, I fast forward through most of it just to get to the points where I, I, I think there's something there compelling for me to watch as an old timer. Um, that's what I'm enjoying. Well, I love to hear that because so many times, and we shall name no names, the, the, the OGs of the game will come on here and go, ah, I don't even bother anymore. But 
you know, I, I think Skywalker will agree with me here. If you're truly passionate about this sport, you will find your niche. And I think that's the beauty of it, John. There is a niche today for everybody. If you're a blood and guts guy, there's some of that for you. If you love the old school studio wrestling stuff, there's some of that for you. So I think if you're not finding what you like, you're either lazy or you're making excuses. Would you agree with that, Skywalker? I think I would agree with that. And I want to kind of t- uh, take the next question here, Renee. Sure. Uh, John, first of all, thank you for coming on the program this evening. Again, it's our honor and privilege to have you back on the program. And I hope that the blue M&Ms were wonderful for you, by the way. Well, they were delicious. They're incredible. <laughs> I actually melted them and put them in my coffee tonight. Awesome. <laughs> <Good move. laughs> he, he's prepared, you know. Well, well, here's my question. You made reference earlier about MJ, uh, MJF and AEW. Since the last time you were on the program, we really have seen an emergence of AEW. And I want, knowing uh, your reputation of being around professional wrestling for as long as you have, what are your views thus far of AEW and what kind of a stake that they're bringing forward in the world of professional wrestling? Well, they certainly have uh, come in uh, since their debut and looked major league all the way. Uh, a lot of promotions have a hard time doing that. So just the fact that they're players in a uh, industry that needed a second big player, uh, they've accomplished great things. I think they uh, hired way too much talent uh, in, and to utilize them properly. Uh, but if they can pare that down and... Um, and kind of, uh, you know, you have to develop your main characters, your storylines to keep people coming back week after week. And if you see different people all the time, it just it just doesn't compel you to watch every week. But I think their future is very, very bright, uh, even though ratings are not what they used to be. There's still a healthy one million plus that watch every week. And their live shows are exciting, and it's an event. I mean, when you go to an AEW show, which I did in New York in December, it's an event. It's like a rock concert. And the fans there, the vast majority of fans there are all in, so to speak, on the product. I'm excited about their future. I really am. Well, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on the idea of where one of the big things that I see is the idea that AEW – has some of the best wrestlers in the world. And a lot of people looked at it from when, when you have the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and, and Cody Rhodes and Tony Khan and bringing this whole picture together. You wondered what would happen. And I can tell you right now, thus far, they're showing why they belong. And I mean, to me, I think when it comes down to it, they're taking an avenue that a lot of people haven't. And that's looking at making not only television and good television, as you said, million-plus ratings on a weekly basis, but they're also bringing exclusive Internet content. Yeah, they are. And, and, and again, that's one of the things we sit there. When you look at things like Dark and Dark Elevation, they're bringing a wide variety of, of different uh, broadcasts to the forefront. And like I said, I, I, I agree with you. I think they need to tone it down a little bit in, in the hiring department. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, I think they've been doing – very well. Now, Renee, I know that you got a lot of questions on your mind. We were talking about this earlier. You had so much stuff on your brain. I'm going to throw things back over to you because you got a lot of things that are, that are on your mind. You are the man behind the discussion, so I'm going to throw <laughs> things back over to you. Well, I, do no, want, no, I do want to close, though, with one comment about uh, Dark. Um, sure, go ahead. Isn't that the uh, platform where Thunder Rosa had so many matches before she actually got on 
um, uh, AEW uh, uh, Dynamite. Uh, I mean, because now she's now she's really in the mix. Yep. For a big push. And I believe because her record is something like 40 something and one or two. So where did all those matches come from? They had to come from uh, a lot of dark matches, a lot of internet based matches on the YouTube channel. You're absolutely right. And and I will say, even though a lot of that action has taken place off of TV, mm-hmm. they've done a pretty good job, at least in recent weeks, of kind of making her seem like a credible opponent yeah. for Britt Baker, who is probably still the hottest wrestler outside of Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, and a few others um, today, man or woman. So, yeah, I'm with you, John. I think it's unfortunate that a, the bulk of her ascension has been off of television, but I think they're kind of trying to make up for that. At least that's what I saw on this past Friday show. So there has some, been an, an yeah, attempt. Yeah, for someone who is not, you know, in her 20s, uh, and she, you know, she certainly doesn't have the, uh, um, how can I put it? I mean, she's not a blonde, you know, uh, but not- she's got such credibility and such passion and believability but I think that her star has really uh, rise and is continuing to rise. And uh, I would hope that she would be able to beat uh, Dr. Britt Baker for the title. I think that would be pretty awesome for oh, the fans. Oh, man, would it be awesome? The question is, is it time for Britt Baker to step aside? I guess that'll be uh, the difficult decision that the old con man's got to make over there. Now, I do want to share an image with you, John. And, and I like doing this. I like going through people's social media and yeah. just finding pictures uh, that don't have a whole lot of context behind them. I found an incredible picture. I mean, you could literally count the the amount of Hall of Famers in this pick, uh, maybe not even on one hand. So I'm going to go ahead and share it. And I yeah. want you, if you don't mind, to give us a little bit of a synopsis of what exactly it is that we're looking at. So let's see if I can get that thing to pop up here. Ah, there it is. There it is. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, that's a good photo. All right. So talk us through this picture a little bit here, John. Who are we looking at? And when and how did this picture take place? Uh, This was from my wrestling fans convention, the Weekend of Champions, that took place in August of 1991. And uh, that, for me, was the greatest wrestling fan convention I ever promoted. Uh, In the photograph, Lufez on the far left. Nature Boy Buddy Rogers next to him. Fabulous Mula. Nature Boy Ric Flair, who was my headliner. Uh, Nancy Sullivan, a woman... uh, Rick Rude uh, and myself, and uh, there were a few others that were there that are not in the photo that w- would have been great. You know, Sam Martino, Superstar Billy Graham, Jim Cornette, Cactus Jack. But, I mean, this group of legends, it was uh, probably one of my happiest moments in the business uh, just because they all had a great time. They so enjoyed being in each other's presence and when you have um, when you have that that chemistry, the synergy, the fraternity of being in there, uh, it, it just uh, I'll never forget it. And I want to thank Drew for your comment, Drew. I appreciate that. Yeah, shout out to Drew. And I did see a little bit earlier that Drew had asked, and, and I don't know. You know, sometimes we we do a great job of filtering some of these questions, and sometimes it's it's just a kind of a toss up, but. Uh, Drew also wanted to know what's your favorite memory with the great Brian Last. 
Um, lots. I mean, you had some really good memories together. I mean, going to uh, Mets games together was kind of cool um, when we first started the podcast that year in 2019. Uh, um, you know, I, I I think Brian Last is a incredibly talented guy. One of the best in the business. He's, no question. Uh, he's he's a he's a guy that knows history unlike many. I mean, he's he and his chemistry with Jimmy Cornette is like the best that there could be in a podcast. I mean, that chemistry is impeccable. And I think I had similar chemistry with Brian when I did my show with him. Uh, So I I miss Brian. Uh, I miss uh, working with him. Uh, I miss his sense of humor. I miss uh, lots of things about doing a show with Brian each and every week. And uh, I'll never say anything bad about the guy. He gave me a great opportunity. Uh, But, uh, you know, when... He thought that my conversations with Conrad Thompson were uh, inappropriate. Uh, as someone who was a freelancer, who wasn't under contract or an employee of anyone, uh, that's his call to make. But I, I, I don't agree with it today, as I didn't agree with it when he pulled the cord. Or with you, John. This is America, Jack. So unless I'm under contract, yeah, I mean, you want to, you know, you want to sign a deal and uh, it prohibit me from uh, doing other stuff. I mean, those things are available. Cut the check. <laughs> <laughs> Let me interpret for John Arezzi. You want me to be exclusive? Cut the stinking check. <laughs> now that that makes me want to transition into a, a kind of a semi-related question. So you've mm-hmm. been incredibly successful as an author. Uh, you've been incredibly successful as a podcaster. Yes, yes, we're going to talk about Matt Memories. You know we're going to hit it hard. Uh, so you've been incredibly successful for both. in both. If you had to choose one or the other, what would you roll with? Would you roll with the podcasting or would you roll with – right? because I know if I throw photography in there, I think that one's going to win by a mile. So mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of keep it to just podcasting and writing. If you If you could only do one moving forward, which one would you choose? Well, not a – photographer anymore so obviously it's the right right that's why i left that one out of the equation for sure no i think um i I enjoy the podcast i enjoy doing uh the two podcasts that i do now and uh one of course is john arissi's pro wrestling spotlight uh which is getting into a real interesting time covering what happened 30 years ago and of course the other podcast that i do now is matt memories from madison square garden it's fairly new and uh I cover. I, I basically on that podcast is I go back 50 years to cover the Madison Square Garden house show I attended 50 years ago, and I drop it. Uh, each episode is dropped on the anniversary of that show from 50 years ago at 8:30 p.m., which was bell time back then. So, uh, it's really crazy, but I um, I enjoyed a lot of all that stuff. But uh, you know, the podcasting today, I certainly I, I love sharing the history and the stories, even though. It's going to get really dicey and it's going to get really ugly uh, coming up, uh, beginning with the sex scandal episode and then my breakup with Russo uh, just two weeks after that. And all the stuff that has to do with the edit all fold for our listeners in real time. Uh, So um, looking forward to it, but I'm really not. Yeah. (laughs) Well, for those of you guys that, uh, again, uh, uh, John Arezzi is going to be spilling all the tea So make sure you guys are keeping up With John on uh, Twitter Especially is where I see that you're the most active On both of his podcasts uh, I pre- I'm a particularly big fan of the uh, Pro Wrestling Spotlight That's kind of 
where I've been following you for the most part, but it's great to know that you actually do have two. Uh, before I throw it back over to Luke Roberts there, I do have to ask because I'm a Miami Heat fan. I uh, grew up down in South Florida, so I have my own memory of the Knicks and the Garden, and most of them are not very good. Can you talk to us a little bit about that atmosphere in the Garden, whether it be for a boxing match, a basketball game, or pro wrestling? What do you think is that intangible that kind of sets the Garden apart? Uh, people have said it's the world's most famous arena, uh, and that's been said Mecca. for a very, very long time. Yeah, absolutely. Mecca basketball, world's most famous arena. What is it that sets the Garden apart from every other arena in the country. As Vince McMahon told his son, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, Vinny, the garden will always be the garden. The garden is uh, unlike any other place. Uh, the, well, you know, it's just the Mecca. Uh, I've, I've been to Madison Square Garden, not just for all those, you know, several years consecutively that I didn't miss a house show from 1971 through 77. I was at every single show. Uh, and going to concerts uh, there. I had the opportunity to see many concerts at the Garden, including uh, Elton John in 1974, when he, at 76 rather, it was the bicentennial year, uh, where he played the Garden, sold it out seven consecutive days, and I was able to go to four of those shows. Uh, Paul McCartney and Wings, his first uh, solo tour, I was at that one, and I've seen... uh, so many others at the garden and um, uh, other events. I mean, it's just kind of the place. I mean, for wrestling, there was no place like it because of the, uh, uh, the fanaticism of the fans uh, back when everyone believed what they were saying in the ring, uh, especially when Pedro Morales was defending the title. I mean, you know, the fans would surge so much heat. It was so much, it was incredible heat. And it was like, you were just in the middle of a place that there was Unlike any place in the world, was the Garden. Yeah, and I, I hope that other arenas throughout the country can. I know Chicago's done a pretty good job of capturing a similar atmosphere, at least in the world yeah. of pro wrestling. Uh, I just wish that that would kind of spread it. Of, of course, the history's you know Joe Lewis fighting there and so on and well, so forth. Yeah, I think yeah, so uh, I think the Garden lost some of its luster when the um, when World Wrestling Entertainment decided that it was just another stop on the road. They seem to be changing that a little bit now to make the garden special, like they're putting some extra matches there. But back uh, back when I was attending, uh, every show was special. And he'd bring, and there'd be guests, you know, guest performers from you wouldn't expect, like Vern Gagne would come into the ring and Boardman and Goliath from California and Billy Robinson and Eduardo Carpentier, Ric Flair, you know, all these uh, Shohei Baba. I mean, there were just an incredible array of talent that was not working the territory that would show up for these special performances. You never knew what to expect. With that said, I'll throw it back over to you, Skywalker. I know you got your own list of questions over there. I don't want to be selfish over here because, you know, it's been a little while since we talked to John. And here's what I went back and researched, John. Last time you came on, you weren't even on social media yet. Wow. And you have blown (laughs) up. (laughs) So I like to believe we'll take, you know, maybe a, a, a tenth of 1% of credit. I was like, God, you got to get on like social. 2018 or something? Yep, yep. I think mm-hmm. it was early 2018, late 2017 when you came mm-hmm. on last time. Mm-hmm. And I remember us telling you, saying, John, you have way too many stories to share. You should be on social. And I think we we may have helped give you just yeah. one more push to get on social media because the pictures that you share, your book, the podcast yeah. and stuff yeah. like that, my I mean, people want to hear is, this stuff, man. People my Instagram hear account is, is my favorite. I mean, because I, you know, I post a different vintage photo every evening and, 
Love and uh, the, the the engagement from the from the fans on the Instagram account is just uh, is incredible. Really, really cool. And old school like the old school. Fans still love it. Skywalker, what do you got? Well, I got to tell you right now, talking about the garden, I mean, there are a lot of places that you would consider to be places to be in the world of professional wrestling. Being a native St. Louisan, having matches at Wrestling at the Chase, talking about places like Cobo Hall, talking about Tampa uh, down at the Armory, talking about uh, the Cow Palace in, in, in uh, San Francisco. One of the things I've always got, it's on my bucket list of things to do in the professional wrestling world is to be able to attend an event at Madison Square Garden. Now, now John, you put lots of cool pictures. And I got to tell you, I am so envious of some of the things that you've been able to put out on social media and through all the different avenues you have. My question is this. You're talking about the garden. From the world of professional wrestling, what is the most memorable thing that you can recall being live at the garden in the world of professional wrestling? Uh, I would have to say the most memorable uh, was when Bruno San Martino came back to uh, win the WWF title on December 10th, 1973, and I was there in the first row. And, uh, and that was... The, the the noise the cheering the it was just it was you you noticed that was something special that was something that uh gave you cold chills uh and uh neil moscris's first appearance at the garden which i you know he was the first masked wrestler allowed uh to compete with the mask on and that was a special evening um andre the giant's debut match where uh that was the first night he used andre the giant uh, um, in March of 1973, and and Freddie Blassie's matches, any one of Freddie Blassie's matches, were always memorable and and always uh, uh, you know gave me great joy because I ran his fan club back. Well, I got to tell you right now, I mean, just some of the things and the stories I've heard that I, I have heard stories about the night when Ivan Koloff won the WWF title. Uh, I mean, again, it, that's a little bit before my time, but being. Uh, uh, a man who would love, and I've had an opportunity many times to talk with the Night Owl, uh, talk with our, our mutual good friend, Dr. Drew Abenhouse from SICW, talking to a lot of, of people that I've met throughout the professional wrestling world to to see some of the things that you've put forward really in, invites us to co- continue on our journey to be involved and engrossed in the world of professional wrestling. Now, earlier on, you showed, and I know you got it nearby, so we're going to go ahead and give an opportunity here. You had your Matt Memories book, and I would be remiss if I didn't take a minute to talk about that. And for those that haven't had an opportunity to um, pick up a copy, and I recommend making a point to get a copy because from what I, from what I've, I've just the things that I've seen about it, it has been nothing short of a great read. Now, for those that haven't purchased a copy, can you give us kind of a synopsis or kind of an overview of what to expect from Matt Memories by? John Rezzi, and I believe you've got uh, Greg Oliver, another uh, key individual as well there. Uh, kind of give us a synopsis of Shout what out to Greg, by the way, the longtime member oh, of the WrestleTalk family. Greg Oliver, Greg. shout out. He, yeah. what, a, what a great partner he was uh, in the crafting of my story for ECW Press. But uh, as many people who've read the book, and you know, there have been some Hollywood types who are looking to maybe turn – my story into something that could be a scripted series or whatever. It, it really is a story of a guy who was very resilient, who uh, uh, lived the American dream is what I hear most from people. 
And that is to, you know, go out there, have a passion for what you do. And I have changed careers multiple times. Uh, but my passions in life were always pro wrestling, uh, music, the Beatles, the New York Mets, uh, big passion up until today when the lockout uh, prevented me from going. Oh, 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 I have a question about the Mets. How does it feel to have the only baseball player in the major leagues actually getting paid this season in Bobby Bonilla? I got I got to ask him. <laughs> I got to ask that question. That's a good <laughs> Sorry. one. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be resolved before he gets his next check in July. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's kind of crazy. But um yeah, I mean, the book is really, uh, you know, my wild life in pro wrestling, country music, and with the Mets, and and my growing up um, in Brooklyn, New York, and, you know, ha- having these interactions and uh, the behind-the-scenes stories and, and, you know, the people that I dealt with over the course of my career in music, in wrestling, and with the Mets. Um so I think the book, anyone who picks the book up or goes to Amazon.com or finds it wherever you get your books or gets the audible copy of it, uh, that would be an enjoyable read for a lot of people uh, and because you're going to really go on a roller coaster ride with somebody that, uh, you know, gets into wrestling as a teenager and then gets out of wrestling and goes into baseball and then leaves baseball when he manages a singer and then goes back into wrestling and then leaves wrestling again and goes into country music and moves to Nashville and now finishes off, uh, even though I'm doing a, a lot of different things right now uh, that are non-wrestling related, um, it just kind of gives you a, an interesting uh, perspective from somebody who just kind of, like people tell me, had big balls. You know, you're never afraid. Hey. To <laughs> and, uh, Must be your Italian Stu Stone from Canada. Uh, <laughs> not if you know Stu or not, uh, but a uh, good guy. Um, he was one of the story producers for Dark Side of the Ring, and he's uh, a great filmmaker. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's kind of what the book is all about, and, and uh, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I think you'll kind of get inspired by it. That's what I hear mostly. It's an inspirational story of a guy who lived in their country. I like I said, I thank you for sharing that with us, John. Now, I, I, we had earlier on, we had a, a gentleman who was in our comment section have a question, and, and Renee, there's another one that's here too, uh, from Rusty Rex. It's great, John's uh, great program so far tonight. John, what are some favorite memories of hosting the Pro Wrestling Spotlight Radio Show? Uh, going back to the '90s, yeah, there's several of them, but uh, there was another question that came before, so I don't want to uh, just, uh, just count that. Uh, someone asked if the Beatles ever played Madison Square Garden. They did not. Uh, they played Shea Stadium and Carnegie Hall, and I was fortunate enough to see them at Shea Stadium. But getting back to Pro Wrestling Spotlight, uh, I think my favorite memories from hosting Pro Wrestling Spotlight was really being able to uh, get guys to really open up and talk uh, and to entertain. I mean, when you have a guy like Mick Foley uh, who uh, comes on your show over 50 times over, over, the, over its run in four years – and we just reviewed some of the best moments with him on this week's podcast. And he's there listening for the first time in 30 years to these little these segments that he did. Uh, and then Paul Heyman, Paulie Dangerously, has come on all the time. Those were some of my best moments. I mean, uh, having uh, in the studio Killer Kowalski sitting next to me with, uh, you know, Cactus Jack together. Uh, uh, having um, a woman, Nancy Sullivan, in the studio 
uh, being able to talk to guys like Jesse the Body Ventura and even the Ultimate Warrior when he left the WWF in 93, I think it was, and he comes on for an hour and really just goes loose. I mean, it was it, it was a, and still to this day, because I relive it every week, it was a fascinating time in my life to host uh, the original Pro Wrestling Spotlight on commercial radio, although I started uh the show in 1975 in, in college, uh, which we're going to be playing for people in a couple of weeks when we do wow. a special Origins of Pro Wrestling Spotlight on the podcast. So I'll, I'll go ahead and get my bunny ear antennas ready for that one when it <laughs> comes <cool>. out. <laughs> so Apple or Spotify. Or oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Every week it comes out every Thursday night at 10 o'clock. I mean, that's when each episode drops. That's going to be that's going to be absolutely amazing, and we'll be sure to share all of that on all the uh, WrestleTalk podcast platforms, including WrestleTalkPodcast.com. I have to ask, uh, because you have a unique perspective, and of course you were around through through all the highs and lows of professional wrestling. I would dare to say that t- today we're, we're somewhat on a high, or at least working our way towards another high, especially with all the commercial success of the sport. But I'm curious, uh, do you see any similarity from uh, you know Vince buying out the territories to the Monday Night Wars to kind of what we're seeing now, you being the great orator and author that you are, is there any way that you might be able to kind of tie all three of those things together for us in some way, shape, or form, John? Because, I mean, they're very, very distinct and different situations, but at the same time, it kind of feels like a, like a renovation or some sort of refresh that's taking place right now before our eyes in the world of professional wrestling. Do you do you agree or disagree with that? And can well, you pro- provide some perspective well, I, I either mean, way? I, 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 I don't think it's going to be like it was with the Monday Night Wars, first of all. Okay. Uh, I don't think that McMahon cares. Uh, I think McMahon is going to sell the WWE uh, in the next year or two. I mean, I think that's just that's that's going to happen. I, I think that this company is going to be sold to a big entity like a Disney or uh, or a NBC Universal, uh, one of these one of these big entertainment companies, the Amazon. It could be anyone. Yeah. Uh, so I, that's why I don't think he cares enough about AEW to get into a war situation with them, like like happened with him and Turner uh, when there was all these talents uh, going back and forth and Medusa throwing the tr- uh, title in the trash can and Hall of Nash showing up and Hogan turning heel and all of that stuff, which really elevated the business to heights it had never seen before. Yeah. Uh, when you go back to the 70s, uh, actually the 70s, but the 80s, early 80s, when McMahon decided like he was going national and he was going to invade, not too dissimilar what's going on in UK, you know, much different. You know, you're having people losing their lives with the war that's going on right now. But McMahon just decided, I'm going national and I'm putting everybody out of business. And that's what he did. I mean, he took the best talent from all the territories that he invaded and uh, there was little left. Once the dust cleared, it was him, and then Turner. Right, right, and I don't personally. I don't think that was healthy for the sport as well as they're doing. And I know they're not. I've made this argument. They're not competing against AEW. They're competing against MLB, NFL, NBA. That's kind of the level that they've reached at this point, especially with their crossover. They're, yeah, they're pretty much competing with all those other uh, entertainment entities, uh, and AEW is just trying to find their way and and bring more people back to wrestling that may be a little bit more old school and may want to see more of a traditional presentation 
than the WWE has. But uh, like I said, it's evolution and the presentation today will never be like it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago or more. But the fans are still out there and the ones that uh, they're attracting uh, don't know what happened in the 70s or 80s even. Uh, what they see is what they know and and it's a there's no sense of history for most of the fans that are watching today unless you're smart enough here's where we allow we we allow prop usage john unless you grab yourself a copy of matt memories which john is holding in his hand right now guys it's on audible you guys can buy it on amazon and is there a way to like reach out to you, John, to get like an autographed copy Absolutely. of it? I have a I have a limited number of signed and numbered copies that I'll be more than happy to personalize for anyone. All you got to do is send me an email, John at mattmemories.com, and I'll send you a link where you could uh, buy it, and uh, and I'll sign it and I'll number it for you. Well, I absolutely love that. And you know, Skywalker, I know how excited you were when we first talked about having John Arezzi on it, and I love how we can kind of go full circle here a little bit. And start with talking about MJF, and then and, and then kind of here at the end, I want to bring that back up again before I throw it to you. Again, guys, let John Arezzi be a, a, a point of reference that if you're looking for a particular style of wrestling, it's still out there. You can find it if you know where to look. He's finding with MJF. Some of the younger fans may not recognize it, but that's kind of arcing back to the old school and don't be afraid to look around and be so caught up with what comes on television on Monday and Fridays. Give something else an opportunity. I personally like to say, and I, this is where I'll let you piggyback, Skywalker, if you're really in doubt, just go to your local independent show, and from there on out, you're going to kind of figure out what your cup of tea is. Would you uh, agree or disagree with that? Most definitely would agree. I mean, again, you see a lot of wrestlers that are going to be out on the national and international platforms, but when you have professional wrestling, a lot of professional wrestlers cut their teeth in the world of independent wrestling before they make it to the mainstream world. And being the media relations director for Dynamo Pro Wrestling here in the St. Louis area, I've had the opportunity to see a lot of wrestlers go to places like uh, New Japan, places like uh, Pro Wrestling Noah to the WWE and countless other promotions. Now, I want to take one, <clears throat> pardon me, one last second here, John. You have covered pretty much a who's who of professionals. And going back and looking at some of the names like the Big Cat, Ernie Ladd, Ray the Crippler, Stevens, among others. My question is this. And it's kind of a kind of a sad question in the eyes of some, but I gotta I gotta be uh putting it out there. In all the wrestlers that you've seen, and you've seen a lot of wrestling, you are a wrestling historian, a photojournalist, you name it. Who is the one person that you feel never won a world title that should have. I mean, one of the big titles, like a WWE or... WWE and NWA. I think, uh, yeah, NWA. I think Blassie really should have held the strap. Uh, I really think that he deserved it. Uh, uh, he was one of the most incredible heels ever. I mean, uh, I could say the same thing about a guy like John Tolis. He was just an amazing uh, technician and one of the best uh, promo guys out there and a real, real, real good heel. Uh, and maybe on the um, on the uh, babyface side, uh, a guy like Mil Moscaris could have been a, a great champion in the WWE. He multiple Royal Rumbles for those who, that don't know. At a, at a, uh, I think he was already in his 50s when he started appearing in the Royal Rumbles uh, during the early to mid-90s. Am I right about that? 
I, I think so. Yeah. yeah, but he was, you know, he wasn't who he was. Like, uh, I mean, when you first see a guy who was uh, a luchador for the, for, for, you know, the majority and still the entirety of his career, uh, he was a much larger uh, wrestler than uh, most uh, uh, most of the luchadors. But his charisma and his uh, flamboyant uh, capes and mask, the man of a thousand masks, and the way he was a technician inside the ring uh, in those early days and the flying off the top rope and his ability to, to generate incredible amount of passion from the fans, I think he would have been a good one as well. Well, one of the things you, you bring up Mil Mascaris, I remember when I was a real young kid, and I remember seeing him when he would put the head scissors. And it wouldn't be a standard head scissors where they'd be up on the shoulder, where his head would be on the mat. And just the torque that he could create yes. with his head on the mat. It was innovative. It was cutting edge for the time. And it was amazing what Mil Mascaris could bring to the ring. Now, I have one more question I could say. Do you have an opportunity? Make it a point. Uh, Matt Memories, make it a point to get that, that book. John Rez, got a lot of great stuff in there. My question is this, and I'm going to kind of go back from we talked earlier on about MJF and contemporary wrestling today to now. In the last couple of years, we've seen the WWE move to the two-night WrestleMania format. What are your views on that? Do you think that's something that the WWE is going to benefit from, or do you think it's it's too much? I think it's I think they'll benefit from it financially, obviously, but I, I think that WrestleMania was always a one-night show. So you put your best talent and your best storylines on that one night and everybody doesn't have to work. WrestleMania, one night only. That's that's the way I would do it if I was running the show. But of course I'm not. And it's two nights and now it's a whole kind of a week if you really look at it. Whatever all the events that take place and everybody piggybacks on it to uh you know, to get the rub off of the WrestleMania audience. Now that is true. I mean again, we've seen the number of promotions that are making WrestleMania week and, and all the conventions and the, and things like the, the, the GCW collective and countless other events that are going on. Now, like I said, we have John Arezzi here on the program. Renee, I know our time's getting pretty close here. I want to throw things back over to you uh, to kind of wrap things up here today, because again, and John, I got to tell you right now, I would just love the opportunity sooner rather than later to have you back on the program and hear just some of the stories that you could bring forward. I mean, again, that picture that you had in itself, when you talk about having uh, Buddy Rogers, Luthez, Ric Flair in a room, I would just love to hear some of the stories you had from those three great champions in themselves. Right. And maybe the greatest woman wrestler of all time. Let's not four, forget. Four. <laughs> not because to you mention. Gotta put, you got to put Moolah in there as well. So, of course. Renee, I'm going to go ahead and throw things back over to you. Well, all that's left to say is this, John. This is why we value the members of the WrestleTalk family, whether it's been a year or two or three that you've been on. We know that the passion that you have for the sport is contagious. You've carried it over now uh, since the 70s, I believe. I, I don't want to misquote that, but I, since the 70s. 70, and, yeah, I went to my first show in 71, but I've well, been watching since 1964. Well, I figured you were watching probably on TV even before that, but I I didn't want to exaggerate and get you mad at me. So what I, I can just, say is. I just is, turned 65, so really I've been watching most of my life. There you go. Guys like you, Kevin Sullivan, Tracy Smothers, that have all graced the halls of the WrestleTalk podcast. We love, and I said it to, to, I believe, you and Skywalker. Maybe it was just Skywalker. I said, man, I love it when we have somebody on that knows this business inside and out 
But more importantly than that, people that live and breathe this business, man. You are without question one of those legends that I was alluding to during the introduction, man. Thank you so much for being such a sweetheart, and we cannot wait to have you on the show again. Can we get a round of applause for the legendary John Arezzi, please? please? Thank you so much. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. I really enjoyed, enjoyed it like I did the first time. Uh, so anytime you want me to come back on, uh, just give me a shout-out and uh, you know, just re- you know how to reach out to me, and, and I'll do the show. I love it. You got it, buddy. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great night. And, man, have a, a, a slice of good New York pizza because in St. Louis, they don't know what the hell they're doing with pizza. So I'm in got... Tennessee, dude. <laughs> oh, you're in Tennessee? I'm I've so been in so... Tennessee for 22 years, but I, I'm, I'm going to agree going with Going back you. up north soon, I'm sure. Oh, man, I, I get back up there in May. But, uh, yeah, there's no place like New York for pizza, man. I mean. Yeah, because let me tell you, I've had St. Louis pizza, and it's no good. Sorry, Rob. Oh, no, I got I got, I got to beg to differ with that. I mean, again, he's got to make it a point. And, Renee, you talked about it yourself. About Emo's Pizza here. They say the toasted the ravs are good. The toasted ravs are good. But the, the pizza, commercial they say the square out there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> All right, John. Have a great night. We'll catch you next time. All right, guys. Thank you. Adios. Thanks, John. Bye. Wow. The legendary John Arezzi, man. That's what I'm talking about, brother. That's how we do business here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. How are you feeling about the first hour, Skywalker? Um, Renee, I don't think you can you can see him. I got goosebumps. I we're got getting, goosebumps from that claps, interview. We're getting claps. I like that. We're getting man. claps. We're getting people communicating. This is what makes the Wrestle Talk podcast so great. The Wrestle Talk family coming through, asking great questions. And I'm going to tell you right now, I got goosebumps now, but they're going to be even more goosebumps. It's about to get a little ugly here in a little <laughs> in, in a little bit because you're going to have two men who are champions now, but after this Saturday. One of them is going to be a champion, and the other is going to be on the outside looking in. That's the infamous Tyler Copeland, Mr. Extraordinary, Benjamin Trust. They're going to be joining us here on the program in just a couple minutes. Uh, I'd have to have a discussion with that at a later time, Drew. About the barbecue? <laughs> Louis barbecue. Yeah. I can tell you yeah, right there's now. There's no such thing as St. Louis Masterpiece Barbecue. It's KC Masterpiece Barbecue. Hey, I'm going to throw That's this out there at you, Renee. And this is another discussion for another day. All right. KC Barbecue or Memphis Barbecue. That's a discussion mm. in its own right. Depends, depends. If, if you like the dry rub or the Anyway, we'll get into that. Why are fat guys always talking about food? See, we always <laughs> fall into that category. Well, guys, we're going to hit a quick break for you. Really, I need to uh, refill my cervezas because I got to keep my Wrestle Talk podcast mug absolutely full we'll come back and hit the sponsors uh into the second hour skywalker will take care of that and then i have some breaking news concerning one of our upcoming events go ahead bro what do you got renee i gotta i gotta ask you and you brought it up just a second ago mm-hmm. i know you checked it earlier right before we went live how many percent tonight is that keeping your beverage golden your wrestle um, talk podcast much what's the percentage tonight the the wrestle talk podcast research team has confirmed to me that any beverage placed inside this cup is guaranteed to make your drink taste 17.5% better than any other sort of glassware. How about that? Well, to make sure our most our, our information is the most up-to-date, our research team doing such a great no job. No fake news here. Every week. <laughs> so I don't like care I what said, Dick Douglas says. There's no fake news <laughs> going on around here. All right. Well, like I said, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. Champion versus champion, title for title, right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Stay tuned. We're going to get things back here in just a couple minutes. We'll be right back after this great break. You got it, guys. Catch you in a minute. 
All right, my friends, welcome back to our number two. I should say, welcome into our number two of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am your boy, the Night Owl. What an absolutely spectacular first half of the show we've had. And as the old saying goes, we ain't done yet. Allow me to welcome in my partner in crime for the evening, the one and only, the illustrious Luke Roberts. Luke Roberts, I hear you want to uh, get everyone updated on all of our wonderful sponsors. I'll go ahead and give you the platform to do that, sir. Go right ahead. All righty. We're going to go ahead and take care of all of our great sponsors. you got Everything Combat, King Kate Arcade. Make sure to check them out in the KC area. Esports Bar, Kansas City, a great place to be. Interstate 70 Sports Media with our friend, the maestro Jeremy Carp. Royal Mills Transportation, Pater's Dream Productions. That is the great source of the WrestleTop Podcast website. Rathbun Engraving, those that are in charge of the uh, mugs. Mifiesta uh, Party Rentals, Nobleman's Barber Lounge in KC. Make sure to check out Pete the Barber. I've had a lot of great things I've seen from him. And also, we want to thank the folks from the FWWC, the premier professional wrestling group, fantasy wrestling group throughout the world. I got to tell you, I think we covered everything. Renee, I got to ask you, because you're in the KC area. I know King Cade has really been making some strides to get ready for, uh, I believe it's a trip to that uh, that Arrowhead Stadium and the High V Stadium. They're making waves all throughout KC. I got to ask you how things been going with them. I know that they're getting ready to make their um, uh, make sure the launch is there. How things been going? I know they're get, they've been getting ready for that. Okay, so let me bring you up to speed. I'll keep it quick because I got two champions that are uh, chomping at the bit to come on here, okay? Um, and by the way, guys, if you enjoyed the first hour, make sure to go ahead and share this broadcast. Uh, John Arezzi, truly a gem. Uh, let's just say a diamond in the world of professional wrestling, a man that has been molded by the sport for uh, about 40 years out of his mouth not mine <laughs> and then i get to co-host with a guy that's been in the business 35 years this year in 2022 so it's really really a privilege and um an honor to be around guys that have this kind of passion as i mentioned to, to john arezzi but uh when you talk about passion when you talk about love for the, for the sport that is shared by our sponsor king Cade, who's giving us the opportunity wrestlemania weekend to host another watch party Okay. Now, if you guys already know, our watch parties are a thing of legend and they're a thing of lore. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, every time we have a get together, you're guaranteed to have a great time, be surrounded by other professional wrestling fans. You get to watch the pay-per-view, enjoy it in all of its glory. And guess what? You can bring the family. You know why? Because at the Oak Park Mall, in Overland Park, Kansas, we're going to open up the doors early this year because we're actually partnering up. And for the same exact admission fee, which is $20, you're going to get an opportunity to be a part of Minicon, which actually starts at noon. And you can stay all the way through the end of the night to the end of WrestleMania Night 1. That's going to be happening again at Kincaid Number 1, located at the Oak Park Mall. In terms of updates for the uh, for Kincaid Number 2, that is actually going to be opening up next week, brand new, at the also legendary High V Arena, formerly known as Kemper. A lot of big things have happened. Big NWA matches, Ric Flair, Harley Race. Also, the untimely passing of Owen Hart also took place at Kemper Arena, now named the High V Arena. So, Kincaid is absolutely on fire. They're allowing, they're allowing us, they're allowing the Fantasy uh, Wrestling Worldwide chapter to host an event there. So, if you're a pro wrestling fan and you want to uh, uh, have an outstanding time playing vintage arcades, be around 
other incredible pro wrestling fans, watch the pay-per-view, and get access to Minicon basically for free. Make sure that you be on the lookout through all our social media platforms and WrestleTalkPodcast.com for more information on that forthcoming event. It is going to be absolutely lit. And I know what your day job is, Luke. So I know you, you're around young people all the time. So you know what lit means, right? Are you are you aware of what this means? Two thumbs up. I can get you on that. You know something else, Renee? <laughs> Not only are we talking about the, uh, the, the watch party, but also Universe Mania is on the horizon, too. Oh, but of course, but, that, but of course, we are going to be getting into depth on that Thursday evening. Also at WrestleTalkPodcast.com, where we're going to have a podcast exclusive to the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, Universe Mania 8, going down, hosted by the WrestleTalk Podcast at Kincaid Sports, uh, I should say, at Kincaid Arcade. Make sure you guys are there. Tune in or miss out. Be there or be square. Boom. It's that simple. All right? Now. We got business to get into here tonight. We've got all the pleasantries out of the way. That's We've gotten true. all the fun, lighthearted conversation out of the way. Things are about to get serious. Luke Roberts, before we bring in our guests, please do me a favor and lay the groundwork for a little video we're going to be watching here in just a matter of moments. All right. Well, like I said, we have been working very hard. We listen to the listeners of the Wrestle Talk podcast. We listen to the comments. We view the comments that you put out there on the WrestleTalk podcast social media. In 2021, both of these men, the infamous Tyler Copeland and Mr. Extraordinary Benjamin Trust, were on the highest of highs. Both men winning championship gold at the end of 2021 into 2022. This Saturday night at Epic Anarchy in Alton, in Alton, Illinois, at the Franklin Lodge, these two men, the PWE Interstate Champion and the WPW United States Champion will compete in a matchup. No disqualification, title for title. Two different promotions, two different champions, two different outstanding athletes will come together in the squared circle. And much like that great movie, at the end of the match, there can be only one. And I'm going to tell you right now, this next clip that we're going to see is going to be one of those that's going to get you excited. It's going to get you interested. It's going to get you motivated to be a part of this great matchup. So if we can get our tech team to get we this got it ready. rock and roll. We got it ready. I'm just going to say we're making history here tonight on the Wrestle Talk podcast, episode 384. This is the first time that we've ever introed somebody with like a video clip like this. And I saw it, bro. And whoever the production people are behind this, I tip my cap to you. You guys killed that shit. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. What they did in the buildup for this match, I think, is second to none. Shout out to PWE. Shout out to these two incredible gentlemen uh, that are going to be participating in this match. And, and shout out to Pro Wrestling, baby. This is what we signed up for, man. This is the kind of stuff you get fired up about. So without any further ado... As we bring this gentleman on, let's go ahead and watch a short clip here from our friends at PWE.
I'm in your head, Ben. I'm so curious. What's it feel like knowing that if I didn't come back last year, that you would be the interstate champion right now? I would live in your mind rent free, Ben. You've only got a few weeks, Ben. What are you doing to prepare? Hopefully thinking of some new moves. Because the United States of Slam hasn't really been working out for you, has it? You have failed and failed and failed. Eye on the prize, Ben. You got this. Ooh, great form. Great form, Ben. A couple more push-ups. Oh, Ben, you're getting a good workout in there, I can see, man. You need some water? No, you're good? Okay, that's fine. I'll have some. And when I beat you last year, I want you to know you didn't just lose to me. You lost to yourself. I'm stronger than you. I'm faster than you. And hell, I took three years off and still came back and beat your ass. Let's just be honest with each other here. On March 5th, this belt stays with me. You don't have what it takes. Yeah, keep talking. On March 5th, I'm going to slam your ass. And I'm going to take this interstate title from you. Absolutely incredible, ladies and gentlemen. And as we move away from that incredible piece of production, we bring in a man who has to back up his words, who has to do exactly what he said he was going to do on that clip and whip some ass. Ladies and gentlemen, the president, the proprietor, the man in charge, the chief of the United States of Slam, the one and only Benjamin Trust. Ben, welcome to the show. Tyler Copen, as to be expected, running a little bit late. You know how the bad guys like to do, but you're here all the time, and we appreciate that, man. I'm sure he's going to give yeah. us some heat for that. I'm all right, and I'm prepared because I know Tyler. But how the hell are you doing, man? It sounds like you're mixed up in some pretty serious stuff right now, man. Tell us all about it. I, 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 you hear me okay? I thought I was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> that was We're good wild. to go, man. Wow. Yeah, I'm at the Dynamo Pro Gym right now training. I took a break to talk to you guys and eat some uh, some grilled chicken, you know. Uh, Got to eat my 300 grams of protein a day. Not making any excuses. I'm going to come in March 5th as ready as possible. Dude, well, I'll tell you what, this is a match a lot of people have been talking about. Skywalker, I know you've got some insight and you've heard some rumors going on throughout the pro wrestling community here in the Midwest. What are you hearing about this matchup, man? Because it's uh, it's all the rage. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, first of all, i got to say thank you, Ben. You have really been all across the Midwest as of late. And, and again, I mean, when it comes down to you've had championship matches, you are the brand new WPW US champion. Uh, you've had an opportunity to wrestle the likes of the Butcher Damian Blade. Uh, I know, but I believe that you have an event uh, this coming Friday night as a part of Dynamo Pro Wrestling. And then you have the big matchup with the infamous Tyler Copeland on Saturday. I got to ask you, I mean, I was there when you won the riot on the River Tournament. How have the last six months of your career, how have you grown over the course of the last few months not just in Dynamo Pro, not just in WPW, but how have you grown as a competitor over the last few months? Well, listen, the first thing is, is I set a blueprint two years ago that I was going to follow. I was going to do the strongman training, 
I was going to bulk up. And then I started training with bodybuilders to, to lean and get the conditioning I needed. And the whole time I was doing that, I was, I was training with the best wrestlers in the area that I could work with. Uh, so I've just been sticking to this blueprint. And I said last April that I was going to be a champ. And you're starting to see the fruits of that labor of the last, you know, I've been wrestling since 2015. Uh, and I, I just knew that I needed to push through the ceiling and grab the brass ring. So I, I, like I said, I made a plan. I laid out this blueprint and I put in all this work and you guys are just seeing the fruits of this labor. I was on this podcast uh, last year and I talked about, you know, how it was going to work. And I was going to wrestle all the best and, and that was my plan, and it's happening now. Yeah, I'm rest- no, I wrestled oh, okay. Jeff Ben, I hate to interrupt, but I'm being told now by Tyler Copeland's representation. Okay, I'm being told by his representation that we have to bring him now on now, or he's just he's he's gonna be done with us already. So, without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let me welcome also a former member, or I should say, current member of the Wrestle Talk Podcast family, a man that is both famous and infamous, the one and only. Tyler Copeland. Tyler, welcome to the broadcast here tonight. Didn't mean to take your people off, man. Sorry if we, we we took a little bit longer than expected to bring you on, man. I apologize. All good, Renee. You know me, fashionably late. Fashion especially, bro. Yeah, I see them suits you be wearing. <laughs> they don't sell those at DXL, man. I looked. I, I just. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you for coming on, man. I, I know you've been kind of patiently listening to Benjamin Trust, uh, one of the better uh, if not the best young up and comer in the area, uh, but now we got a title for title thing, which seems to be somewhat of a fad in wrestling right now. But I know that this has gone beyond a title match for you guys. It's it feels personal, and especially based on the, the clip that we just saw, man. What what is it that's created this uh, this violent friction between you two gentlemen? I'm curious. Well, I used to say the same thing about Ben. You know, I thought he was a young, strong up and comer. I really thought he was the future of wrestling in St. Louis. Um, and I left because I didn't see any reason for me to stay. You know, he was he was winning. Um, he was improving. Some can say he still is, but it, he's not where I thought he'd be now. I thought he'd be winning champion. I mean, he's winning championships the last couple of months. I thought he'd be a little bit further along than he is now. And that's why I had to come back last year because I was wrong about him. I was wrong about him for years. So I had to come back and I had to I had to show that, hey, man, I'm taking three years off. I still come back. Beat your ass. Sorry. I didn't know if I could. Kind of language. Oh yeah, yeah. This is you have radio, four bro. We get right here. <laughs> four people in the ring with you, plus Jeff Gantz. I was wrestling five men. That's the only time. That's just an experience issue, Renee. It was a no DQ match. That means you can do anything. There's no rules, Ben. But come on, well, Tyler. We listen, listen. I know. I don't know if you're messing with Ben's connection. I know your people are. <laughs> He's got those say, they, they weren't exactly the nicest to us. So He's I don't got know what's going goons. on. He's got his goons messaging me and spamming my account right now, and it's, it's bogging my system down. But, Ben, this is, I guess, the question that I have for you. Like, like you faced this man before. You've studied his game. You know it's not just about wrestling with Tyler Copen, Copeland. you got to be prepared for the mind games and, and some of these, these other tactics. What have you been doing to prepare for that? Because hitting the gym, getting lean, eat chicken, that's all well and good. But but you, it's the cerebral part of it that I think that Tyler's trying to capitalize on. What would you say to anybody who questions your ability to, to out, outwit him in that department? Listen, Tyler Copeland and I were an undefeated tag team. We tagged. We won every match, right? And I realized that he wanted to tag with me to keep me down. 
That was the only that was the only way he could maintain control of me because if we weren't in a tag team, I'd be winning all the titles that he wanted, right? So he's just a very manipulative person. That's what he's doing with all these goons and ski masks or whatever their masks are wearing that follow him out to the ring. He's just manipulating them. He's just using them like he wanted to use me, right? And I've I've awakened from that. And once you don't let Tyler manipulate you, he really has no power besides the four dudes he's manipulating now. So if they're listening to me now, don't let him use you, okay? He's just he's afraid of you, and that's why he's keeping you down. Tyler, would you like to rebuttal that before we throw it to Skywalker here? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess my question for Ben is, have you won a match in PWE since um, you and I haven't been a factor last August? I, I beat Frodo for the number one contenders match. Yeah, that was about an hour before we uh, split up, so to speak. Oh, or you low blowed me from behind and then had Landlord beat me with a chair? Oh, come on. Nobody wants to see. Oh, <laughs> I would have I would have beat Jeff Gant for the title if you didn't come in and interfere. And then I would have beat you and Jeff Gant if you didn't have four goons with you. Okay. Holding me down while you pin Jeff Gant. Well, this this Saturday's your chance to prove that, Ben. This oh, Saturday's I'm gonna prove it. Prove everything now, are there any special here. stipulations surrounding this match? I'm curious. Skywalker, I know you're ready to jump in, but I have to ask that question. Has there anything been set up? Are we gonna have any sort of special enforcers? Because I just I can't imagine that two prestigious titles like the ones that you guys hold could potentially be won or lost on some shenanigans. I, I would hate to see that. This is a there'll be three referees. The head referee will be uh, Shaft. Mm, a respected veteran of the game, Skywalker. What do you got for these guys, man? I I'm feeling the tension and and, and it's getting a little sticky for me. So I'm gonna take a quick step back here. Well, I got to tell you right now. First of all, gentlemen, both thank you for being on the program tonight. I know, like I said, you're about four or five days away from one of the biggest matches in both of your careers. And again, this is a no DQ match. Now, Ben, you brought up something and I, I, I want to look at it from both sides of the coin. And a lot of people know me as a broadcast journalist. I've been around wrestling a long time. I follow both of your careers. Ben, I've known you for a number of years. Tyler, I know you and I have had connections for many, many years as well. There are two types of champions in the world. And we have them both here on the wrestle talk podcast in Benjamin trust. You have a man who lives by the all-American dream. He goes out, he puts in the work, he puts in the effort, he goes in each and every night, he gives 100%. He does what he needs to do to be successful and win championship gold. Then you have Tyler Copeland, the infamous Tyler Copeland. Now, you cannot take away from the fact that he is manipulative. Ben has said that. He knows. I, I, I would well, say tactful. Let's We're say tactful, on. okay? I think that's the appropriate hold on. word. Hold on. Let's call it down the line here, Roberts. Hold on. Okay? For once, I got to say, let me have my moment. Okay. Now, here's what's here. Some people may say he's manipulative, might say he's tactful, but the fact is he looks at championships from another perspective. Once you win a championship, it becomes an idea of you're going to do anything it takes to keep that championship belt around your waist. You may call it manipulation. You may call it intimidation. But the fact is, anytime Tyler Copeland's won a championship, Tyler Copeland has gone to any lengths. Some may be questionable. Some may not. But he has gone to every length that he can. He has given every fiber of his being to be a champion. And I've got to look at it this way. You're getting emotional. Ben, you're training right now. 
you're, as you said earlier, you're the Dynamo Pro Dota. You're preparing five nights out from the biggest matches in your career. Tyler, I've got to ask you, you've been around wrestling a long time. How do you prepare for a matchup with someone the likes of Mr. Extraordinary Benjamin Trust this Saturday? How do you prepare differently than you have for any other match? That's a great question. I have to thank you for that, Luke. That was that was well said. I couldn't say it any better myself. But to prepare for a match with Ben, I know that, like you mentioned, I'm a guy who's willing to do whatever it takes. And if that means I got to break the rules, if that means I got to make a couple young children, fans in the crowd upset, hey, I got to do it. Uh, if that means I got to make the people watching unhappy, I've got to do it. I know I'm coming in with that mentality, and I know Ben is going to be a rule follower. He's not going to have anybody jump in and help him Saturday night. He's not going to be the first one to grab a chair, you know? So I, I look at my advantages and I look at his. So we'll, we'll see if you've learned anything since your last loss, Ben, this Saturday night. Hope that answers your question. Well, I got to tell you right now, I mean, again, that is how, that is why we have the two of you here because you have two completely different perspectives of professional wrestling. Now, I got to tell you, you both have a storied history between each other. We know that. You're tag team partners. You've been folks. I have to ask this right now. Ben, I'm going to start with you. What have you done differently to prepare for this match Saturday? I've embraced it. You know, a lot of people think I'm Fruity Pebbles. They think I I can't get hardcore. I can't get mean. You know, uh, I hate Tyler more than you know. Tyler used to be my best friend. Tyler used to, we would ride in the car together to go to wrestling matches. We'd hang out afterwards. He'd come to my house. Uh, You know, and he turned his back on all that just to win a shiny title that meant more than our friendship, just to keep me down and keep me from reaching the heights I could reach. So I have a lot of aggression. I, I'm going to say hatred for this man. That's strong. So I feel like, you know, we're in this dark, no DQ stipulation, and I'm going to prove that I can get hardcore too. And that, you know, he thinks I, I know his game plan. He thinks I won't be the first one to grab the chair. Maybe not. But, you know, he might swing first, but I'm going to finish the business. That's for sure. Ooh. Renee, I'm going to throw this one here. Tyler, we talked about how you would train differently for this matchup. What would you say? I mean, you know, we talked about how Ben really has been on a roll throughout the Midwest in the last few months. What do you see differently? I mean, you talked about how you wanted him to be more successful or be more of a champion or further along, more I think is further along, as it was yeah. said. How would you say Ben Trust is now versus six months from uh, six months ago? Well, I can, I, I can say I was in the ring with him in December a few months ago. So, you know, I've got a pretty recent example. I will say he is a lot more athletic and a lot stronger than he was when I was in the ring with him a few years ago. So what I've done differently is just spent more time with strength training, agility, things like that, uh, because he is a lot stronger and more athletic than I remember being in the ring with him years ago. So I'm already going to outsmart him in the ODQ match because I know I'm willing to go farther than he is when it comes to the weapons. So I'm already know I have that advantage. You think but, that you think that you sure about that? Well, unless you've learned from last time. Yes. So, I know I have him there, so but I've got to. You know, I've been working on the strength because he is very impressive in that area. Okay, 
Very valid point. Now, Renee, I got one more, and I'm going to throw it back to you here. And, gentlemen, I'm going to put this to both of you. And this time, I'm going to be – to be fair to both individuals here, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and start with the infamous Tyler Copeland first. Tyler, you've grown up in the professional wrestling industry following the career of Ben Trust. You have your game plan for Saturday night. If you were any other wrestler besides the infamous Tyler Copeland, what is the one thing you would tell somebody to watch out for when it comes to being uh, in the ring with Ben Trust? Probably the, probably just the, the, I mean, intimidation from the crowd. I mean, and what I mean by the crowd loves him. You'll hear him come out. They're throwing streamers into the, the grandmas ring. Grandmas do love Mr. Trust. They do. That, I mean, the, they the entire do. crowd goes crazy <laughs> for him. And a lot of people that can put doubt in their mind. That can make them feel a little bit uneasy when they're across the ring from him. But for me, I hate each and every single one of these people. They make me sick. The people in the crowd, you know. Okay, oh, come on now, Tyler, Tyler, take it easy, Tyler. These are word. the paying customer we're talking about here. Take dislike. it easy. Okay, dislike. I dislike. I dislike. I you. You're making sick to look at your face on this camera right now, Tyler. Wow. I want to reach through it and strangle you. Look, I dislike the city of. I'm Alton. sorry. Continue. Who says? Who's Chris Rodell says the Cougars love Ben Trust. Oh my God! Who, who posted that up there? Come on, guys, let's keep it professional here. Good Lord, Wait, Road Dog, you got to relax over there, my guy. Yep. <laughs> you got to so, calm down. Yeah, so I mean that would be my that would be my advice is don't let the crowd get into your mind, don't let the support, um, you know, distract you from, you know, giving it everything you have. Okay, but, people love him. Okay, Ben, I'm gonna throw the same question to you. As a wrestler preparing to wrestle Tyler Copeland, what's the one thing you would advise them to be prepared for? I mean, Tyler's fundamentals are sound. He's a, he's a 500 wrestler, uh, meaning he'd win more than he lost, but. He's in the position he's in because he will play mind games. He will cheat. He will message you. He, he's been emailing me every day, Facebook, Instagram, trying to put plant down in my mind. He will manipulate other wrestlers to help him. It, you just you just gotta avoid all the mind games. Block him out. I like literally. I've blocked him on Instagram. He keeps making fake accounts called Come Infamous on, Tyler, Tyler Copeland accounts? Fan Twenty Seven. Come on, Kevin Durant. Come you just, you on, can't play these mind games. <laughs> you can't. You can't engage with it. You just have to go in there, handle your business. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna drop him on his head. I'm gonna get the three count. And I'm gonna go home. Benny two belts. Benny two belts. Let's freaking go. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm completely unbiased, but that does have a little bit of a ring to it. Would you agree, Tyler, or maybe not? It does have a ring to it. I'll give him that. All right. All right. Okay. So speaking of belts, and I've been dying to jump in here, and I I try to be patient, guys, but that's not one of my strong suits. So let's talk about the two championships that you two men are bringing into this matchup. Talk to us about the business of this matchup, because being a a promoter, now a commentator uh, for the Kansas Wrestling Alliance and for um, KCXW here and beyond, uh, I always look at that side of it. So starting with you, Tyler, talk to us about the championship that you're holding, how long you've had it, where you got it from, and uh, and why it means so much to you. Because to be able to put it up on the line like this is not something that, that a guy like you that likes to win and likes to be in the spotlight is, is always readily and willing to do. You're doing that, so this match must mean something to you. Talk to us about the championship and kind of what led up to this moment. 
Yeah, well, the interstate championship was was a goal of mine because I, I hadn't hadn't held it yet. You know, I had, I had won the Pro Wrestling Epic Championship years ago. I had won the WOE Championship years ago. Those two companies, WOE kind of... Um, Shout out to the landlord, by the way. Much absolutely. Love. Shout out to the landlord, Rince Dew. Um, you know... I got sucks. <laughs> PWE, for the most part, acquired WOE, kind of uh, transitioned into PWE. Um, and well, the interstate championship at least, so it became the pro wrestling interstate championship. But that title is the one that I had never acquired, never won. Um, so it was my goal to win that, and that's what I did in December. So it was about two months ago. This is the first defense of, of many. I'm going to defend this title many times for years. Um, we'll, we'll eventually vacate it undefeated with the belt. Um, but yeah, that's that's my goal. Same question to you, uh, Ben. What championship are you bringing into this matchup? How did you acquire it, and why would you be willing to put it on a title-for-title title type matchup when in reality, I know there's a long list of people already vying for this title. Talk to us a little bit about it. So, I won the World Powerhouse Wrestling U.S. title because, you know, the United States of Slam should be the United States of Champion. Uh, and I, I beat Sharp Shrapnel for that Shout title. Out to yeah, he's very athletic. Scrappy Did a lot of flips. Dude, man, that's a scrappy little dude right there. Yeah, he's tough. But that's what I said. I said, send me your. When I was on your podcast last, I said, send me your champions, and and they did. And I walked away as the U.S. champ. And I had this title match with with uh, Copeland coming up, and Russell owns WPW. I hate that guy too. Yeah, and he, he was wants- trying. Hey, listen, I'm gonna be respectful here, and I'm gonna interject. Because I, I think this needs to be said. What, do you feel like he was trying to take a little bit of your shine? I saw him on oh, social talking about like. Well, tell us about your reaction to his comment because we were like, yeah, 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 but I'm not doing this for you. Like, talk to us a little because because most guys are like real close to the guys that are the proprietors of the championship. You not so much. Yeah. So he he didn't want me as his champ. So he put me in a match uh, that he thought I wouldn't win against a big strong guy and he said if I win I get a title uh, and I won that match and he was shocked so now he's kind of had to hop on the bandwagon and backpedal a little bit and say this is all part of his master plan mm-hmm. but it's all happening despite him uh, so you know you I would, he ever I wanted would you to plan... hold his championship I'm you sorry what you don't think he ever wanted you to hold his championship is that, is that what you're saying I want here to do, look, Listen, I would slam Russell onto Tyler if I. <laughs> Let, let's check his license. <laughs> I'm almost. Um, here we that? go again, Tyler. You know what? I I, I love what you bring into the table today here, but but all this kicking, having your tech people kick Ben Trust off the stream. Come on, man. You got got to, okay. I think Renee, we got him back here. I gotta tell you right now. I don't. I don't know if it's necessarily him. Remember, Richard Douglas was supposed to be here. Man, don't you blame that bum? I don't want to hear. He, he's hanging out with Joe Biden somewhere. That's the kind of dummy he is. I don't want to hear nothing about Dick Douglas right now. Okay, don't even bring that dude up in front of me. I don't want to hear okay. any of that. We, we've got the technology feed here taken care of. Ben, uh, go ahead and continue. Renee, you may want to uh, restate the question here, so because I know technology's been having some issues here, Ben. Definitely training very hard for this coming Saturday night's matchup. So uh, I'm going to throw it back to you. Well, I just more or less, I, I wanted just more information on the championship itself, what it's meant to you. Sounds like you you have it despite, uh, you know, the, the gentleman who's actually in charge of managing the championship. So so what is the name of the championship that you're going to be putting on the line against Tyler? 
Sorry. So the company's name is Powerhouse World Powerhouse Wrestling, and WCW? as yep. and they had a U.S. belt. So I took a lot of pride winning that belt because I consider myself an all-American powerhouse. United States is so I needed that, that belt as part of my collection. Mm. So that's why that that belt's important to me. Uh, but I've been after that interstate belt for a long, long, just as long as Tyler. I talked about wanting to win it when we were tag champs. It was like, hey, we're gonna, or we're gonna win the tag champs. We weren't tag champs, but we had a contendership match before WOE f- uh, fell through. We were gonna win the tag belt, and you know, I wanted to win that interstate belt, and Tyler was gonna win the the heavyweight title, and we were gonna hold all the gold. That was the plan, you know. So and what, I okay. mentioned, hey, what maybe I want to hold the other belt. We have to know, okay? So, like, Tyler, maybe this is a better question for you. I'm not, I'm not sure. So, you guys keep talking about we were partners. We used to ride together. Now, Ben said that you became selfish and that you didn't want to see him succeed. Let's hear it straight from the horse's mouth, from the stallion's mouth. Let me be respectful here. Let's hear it straight from the stallion. What was it that created this initial rift between two guys that were basically two peas in a pod? What what happened? So, so I came back last August for my first match in three years. Um, and this was for pro wrestling epic. And, you know, earlier in the night I, I had won against Johnny Banks and, and I stood side by side Ben when he, um, also won his match against Frodo, the ghost that night after the match, I came in, congratulated, said some very nice things about Ben, um, you know, put him over on the microphone. And then I, I told him, I said, and I asked him, I said, you know, you've been on a roll. Let's bring the tag team back between the two of us. Why don't we go for the tag belts? Right. And I'll look at him. He, he's jumping off the call because he, he knows I'm right in the uh-huh. snare. Yep. So, yep. you know, um, and, and what happened is he had then said that, you know, he had told me um, that he wasn't sure he wanted to do a singles run. He wanted to go after some singles championships. He didn't want to reform the tag team. And I took that as an insult, to be honest with you, because, I mean, if I'm offering him myself as a tag team partner, we're guaranteed to win tag team championships. Yes, I'd be carrying the load on that tag team, Ben. And, and, and you said no to that offer. So as soon as he turned his back on me, Renee. So I, you're saying he got selfish. He got greedy. That's what That's what you're saying. No, I put in years, years of hard work. I put in years of hard work while he took three years off. And then he just wants to hop in. And, and look, if we tagged right now, he would make me – he would tag only – he would only tag in when it was convenient and he would try to get all the glory – He'd want to be the tag champ and the heavyweight champ and the interstate champ. He wouldn't want any of that for me, Those right? Some lofty accusations, Ben. If, if it was the other way, I know Tyler. If it was the other way around, if I took three years off and Tyler was out there hustling and I came back, hey, let's be tag partners again, he would tell me no. Absolutely. Jeez Louise. And I have a moral code that Tyler doesn't have. Tyler will cheat. He wanted the landlord to be part of the group. I wasn't for it, all right? He was talking about putting tax in people's mouths and super kicking them. I'm not for that, all right? I want to win titles without cheating to prove that I, I all my hard work paid off. But, Ben, what if that's what it takes against a guy like Tyler? Is I think that's what he's, in essence, saying, that you're great, you're talented, you look the part, you sound the part, but when it comes down to the nitty-gritty – that fine line, he just doesn't think that you have it in him. Are you ready to prove him wrong? Oh, absolutely. The things the things that I want to do to Tyler are dark. And you're going to see it Saturday. Ooh. Just because I wear bright colors and red, white, and blue doesn't mean I won't hurt Tyler. 
And if that's and I'll be honest, if that's true, then I'm in trouble Saturday night because, again, like I said, young guy, strong guy, athletic guy. But I just don't believe it's true. I don't believe he's ready to go to that dark place like I am. Um, And I've got the experience on him. And, you know, because he I don't believe he's willing to go to that dark place. I, I will pick up the W Saturday night. And it's a no DQ match. Let's go, baby. <laughs> it's going to be good. Well, we're going to find out. We're going to find show. out. I know, I know we got to get, and you guys know that what you guys are doing is hitting the mark when a legend like Herb Simmons of SICW pops in and, and has some good things to say about what you guys are doing. Shout out to the legendary Herb Simmons popping in here on the Wrestle Talk podcast for episode 384. Man, we absolutely love that. Now, we want to tap into the computer, the competitive nature of both of you gentlemen. I'll hand it over to my partner in crime here, Luke Roberts, to see if you guys might be interested in having a pre-match match here tonight on the Wrestle Talk podcast as we potentially get into a little bit of a trivia challenge. Skywalker, tell us all about it. Well, as everybody knows, as part of the Wrestle Talk podcast, every week we have what's called the Game Show Challenge. Now, Tyler, I know you participated in the Game Show Challenge in the past. Ben, you participated in the Game Show Challenge in the past. I know that this coming Saturday night, you guys are going to have a no-DQ match scheduled for one fall. But tonight, we're going to have a trivia contest. If you both gentlemen would be willing to participate, it's going to be the best two out of three falls. So at this point, Tyler, I know for a fact that you've been around the world of professional wrestling for many years. Would you be willing to participate in tonight's contest? Yes. Okay. Ben, you've been making a name all across the Midwest as of late, would you be willing to participate in the Game Show Challenge tonight? I would beat Tyler at checkers. I would beat Tyler at video games. Any chance I get to beat Tyler, I'll take, yes. <laughs> all right. What, what about tiddlywinks? Yeah, anything. <laughs> Indian leg wrestling, I don't care. <laughs> all right. Well, like I said, let's go ahead, Renee. Let's hit the music for tonight's episode of the world-famous WrestleTalk podcast, Game Show Challenge. Let's go ahead and hit it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the world-famous WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is the best two out of three falls between the PWE Interstate Champion, the infamous Tyler Copeland, and the WPW United States Heavyweight Champion, Mr. Extraordinary Benjamin Trust. Once again, tonight's matchup is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Here's what's going on. Tonight's Game Show Challenge category, in honor of both of our guests is much like our title tonight, title for title. I'm going to give you information about three matches where multiple championships were on the line. I will have you answer who won that matchup. Tyler, do you understand the category tonight? Yes. Ben? All right, well, here we go. Question number one. And Renee, we're probably going to have to watch these because these are landmarks. Right. And I will serve as the outside official. If if it's a close call, I will call who I believe uh, said the correct answer first. Again, guys, remember, as soon as you think you know the answer, you don't have to wait for the end of the question. Just shout it out. Best two out of three falls. Boom. All right. Here we go, gentlemen. Question number one. 
In Toronto, Canada, this individual defeated Hulk Hogan in a champion versus champion match at WrestleMania 6. Name him. Randy Savage? Incorrect. Ultimate Warrior? That is correct. Tyler Copeland is ahead one to nothing. The Ultimate Warrior defeating Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 6. World Championship versus the Intercontinental Championship. The score is... That was my fault. I was picturing Warrior in my head and I said Randy Savage. You were thinking WrestleMania five, Ben. Not yeah. Again, unlimited, six. unlimited guess guesses, guys. If you if you got one and two, just just shout them out. No hesitation. All right. Question number two. As we are well aware, the WWE purchased WCW. At the Unforgiven pay-per-view, this individual defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin to become the first unified champion. Chris Jericho. The score is one to one. Ben Frost is correct. Chris Jericho is the first undisputed champion. Gentlemen, as we all well know in the world of professional wrestling, in a two out of three fall match, it's going to come down to that all-important third fall. Before we get this last question out there, Ben, are you ready? Tyler, are you ready? Let's go. Dude, look All at right. the – wait, wait, wait. I just want to say look at the intensity on these guys' faces, and it's a, just a trivia challenge. Can you imagine when these dudes are across the ring from each other this upcoming Saturday at PWE, bro? It's going to be crazy. If you guys haven't got your tickets now – what the hell is wrong with you? That's all I got to say, but let's continue. I just, I'm looking at both of these guys, and these guys both look like killers right now. I love it. I love it. Okay. The final fall. The final question. At the final WCW Monday Nitro, there was a title for title matchup. Who defeated Scott Steiner to become the WCW United States and World Heavyweight Champion? Booker T. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's winner of the Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge, the PWE Interstate Champion, the infamous Tyler Copeland. That sounds That's good. fine. Beat me in trivia now. Lose me in a wrestling match Saturday. Whoa, here we go. I was going to say Booker T. Just said it quicker. Get music, baby. Okay, all right. only one we'll be celebrating Saturday. Oh, okay, well, I see that you gentlemen are in no mood to dance, uh, but this upcoming Saturday, when you're in the squared circle, I think you guys are going to do the good old two-step and beat the crap out of each other. And uh, according to the fans here, they want to see some blood. I think that's what it's going to take in this matchup to walk away unified champion with both belts i think both men are capable and though we've seen this matchup before i think based on some of the personal stuff we've heard here tonight gentlemen i think this is going to go to a completely other level 
Tyler, are you ready to go, man? Does anything else need to be said here tonight? You know, I think we just saw it in the comments. They want to see blood. Can you bring that, Ben? Can you, can you bust me open? Can you take it to that dark place? Are you going to be the first one to use a weapon on me? Are you going to be the first one to grab something from under the ring? I don't think so. I think you're going to hold back. We'll see. And still, Saturday night, infamous Tyler Copeland. Ooh, Ben Trust. I'm sorry. I'm done talking. I'm just ready to kick his ass. <laughs> I'm gonna leave. I'm leaving Benny two belts. That's all I got to say. That's all that he wants to say. Well, gentlemen, all I can say, and Luke Roberts, I know you'll share my sentiments. It's an honor and a pleasure to have you guys continue to be longtime members of the Wrestle Talk family. Skywalker, any final thoughts? Well, I got to tell you right now, this Saturday night, you're going to have two men walk in with championships the PWE Interstate Championship, the WPW United States Championship. You've seen it in the comments all night long. Wrestling fans, wrestlers from around the area are wishing you two the nothing but the best. But this Saturday, much like the movie says, there will be only one. The only way to find out is you need to be live in attendance this Saturday night to see whether it will be the reign of the infamous Tyler Copeland continuing on, or will it be the time of Mr. Extraordinary Benjamin Trust? The only way to find out is to make sure you're there this Saturday night in Alton, Illinois. Gentlemen, I know you guys are training. You're getting things ready to go. I want to say thank you for not only myself, but the Night Owl, Renee Martinez, the WrestleTalk Podcast family. You're both members of the family, and I want to say the best of luck to you this Saturday night as you compete in the title-for-title title, no disqualification matchup. Thanks for having me. And always an honor, gentlemen. Be safe out there. Break a leg. We'll talk to you soon. See you Saturday, Tyler. I'll see you Saturday. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another tremendous interview on the Wrestle Talk podcast as we steam forward to episode 400 of the WTP. Skywalker, I feel like tonight has been an absolute tremendous success. The comment section has absolutely been our fire. Production seems to have been on point tonight. The guests, what can I even say, man? We are spoiled. When I share the broadcast and when I share the posters on my personal page, I say best guess, best guests in the game, period. And I absolutely mean that, man. I know you got to agree with me there, man. Some of the lineups that we have from week to week here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, it, it's something to brag about, man. Let's just keep it 100. I got to tell you right now, Renee, the opportunity – Episode 384 of the Russell Talk Podcast. I mean, we got a lot of great things going. We're getting ready for episode 400. Think about it this way, guys. We are only now 16 episodes from episode 400. How many broadcasts can be 400 episodes in? That shows not only the dedication of the Russell Talk Podcast crew, but it also shows all the respect and the loyalty of the Russell Talk Podcast listeners, viewers and sponsors alike. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's a lot of great professional wrestling to talk about. And I got to tell you right now, before we head out, and I was looking here just a few minutes ago, as we see things here, we had an opportunity to see uh, our good friend Tim Miller connected in here. And I wanted to bring up a reminder here real quick. Um, if you enjoy professional wrestling on the independent level here in the St. Louis area, 
there are a lot of great things. And actually, one of the things coming out here on the market is what are called Slam Buddies. I know that we're going to have uh, Tim Miller on in the upcoming weeks. Uh, Tim Miller's going to talk about those. There are a lot of professional wrestlers that are here in the um, Midwest that are a part of series number one. Well, hold on. Well, speaking of which, I heard the guys bring up Frodo earlier. Um, I got to make sure that I give a shout out to Black Wrestlers Matter, uh, John West, Mike Outlaw. And also, since Frodo came up, I wanted to give a shout out to Team Ambition doing huge things for Midwest Wrestling. We love you guys. We thank you guys. Can't wait to have you guys on here in the near future. I want to make sure I threw that out there. But and ahead. you know something too, Renee, as you bring that up, next week, and I can share this right now because this is kind of one of those extra special exclusives. As it stands right now, I know a lot of people enjoyed our conversation with Tyler Copeland and Benjamin Trust tonight. Next week, right here on the program, we're going to have Frodo and Ace Hawkins, the two finalists for the MMWA Light Heavyweight Championship, one of the most recognized light heavyweight championships, junior heavyweight championships, I should say, in the St. Louis area. They're going to be competing next week for the championship. And we're going to have them here on the program next week. So I can tell you, absolutely sure to be here. And Rodell uh, kind of piggybacking off what you were saying, that is going to be a tremendous matchup. And our returning next week, audio and video engineer John Haas telling us that Joe Lance, original host of the Wrestle Talk podcast, alongside our uh, since deceased brother, uh, former veteran and uh, longtime host of the Wrestle Talk podcast, Rick Rose, Nightmare Jones has his own slam buddy. If you guys are interested in a uh, ref Nightmare Jones slam buddy, make sure you guys get a hold of us and we will absolutely get you hooked up. And like I said, I know that there's a series here in the St. Louis area. Uh, Tim Miller has a lot of more information about that we're going to talk about with him in the next couple of weeks. He has uh, the first series of six available here in the St. Louis area. Uh, I believe Jeremy Lightfoot, Leon Mephisto, uh, Philly Blunt, a couple other people that are going to be in that first series. Make it a point. Uh, we're going to have them on the next couple weeks to give you more information about that. Uh, i got to tell you, Renee, this week for me, I mean, we had a great Dynamo Pro event last week. We're going to have a great Dynamo Pro event this Friday in Arnold, Missouri. Make it a point to get your tickets. Check it out on Dynamo Pro social media for ticket information. Uh, great night of professional wrestling. We've got the event Saturday. And I'll tell you right now, uh, not only do we take care of our, our own following the Wrestle Talk podcast family, but also make it a point, as we said, we got a lot of great sponsors. Interstate 70, Sports Media. Shout out to the maestro. Give Tomorrow them a night, lot. baby. More great guests. Make sure to get that taken care of. There's a lot of great friends of the Russell Talk Podcast family that are doing big things with Interstate 70 as well. Uh, Russell Talk Podcast and Interstate 70 Sports Media. One of the great sponsors of the Russell Talk Podcast. I can tell you right now, a lot of great things are happening. You know the biggest thing that's happening? What's that? Talk Podcast. Each that's right, baby. Night. Covering all of the best professional wrestling on the planet from national to international and beyond. And if we're bragging about what's going on locally, I just have to give a huge uh, uh, debt of gratitude to uh, XWE, uh, the show that we just had, Heartbreak Brawl. I got to call every single match from start to finish uh, along my uh, um, uh, commentary partner, 
uh, Rusty Rex uh, from the Rusty Rex Report. Um, he does a great job covering all things Kansas wrestling. Uh, XWE KWA did an absolutely incredible job of honoring uh, the late, great uh, Howard Alden, uh, a.k.a. Bubba Sutton, who recently passed away in the Kansas City area. He's actually from Salina um, in a car accident, him and his teenage son. Um, I'd been in a lot of different locker rooms, hosted a couple of different uh, locker rooms myself, and uh, I don't think there's ever been a more emotional uh, locker room um, and, and, and united locker room than what I saw this past Saturday night. Also, uh, the, the company that gave me my first opportunity uh, to call matches, Ringside, uh, KCXW, uh, April 23rd at Soccer Nation in Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, shout out to Jason. Uh, shout out to David Catton. Shout out to uh, all the trainers at the Extreme Wrestling Center. Uh, the night I will be back behind the microphone. Uh, we'll be back behind the microphone uh, in April for them. And I, I can't say enough good things about what's going on here in Kansas City. Not to mention that our friends over at Journey Pro, Luke Roberts, actually have a new venue. They're leaving Blip Roasters. They're going over to a new place. Uh, more information on that uh, by following Journey Pro Wrestling on all social media platforms. And then last but not least, man, um, the Wrestle Talk Podcast FWWC Kincaid Watch Party. Um, that's going to be something special, man. Uh, when we are able to come together as a pro wrestling community to celebrate what we love, because a lot of times on these podcasts, bro, it's negativity. It's about what we hate. It's what we don't love. It's about how terrible Goldberg is or whatever. But when we can get together and celebrate the sport that we love and get a hell of a deal, mini con, uh, unlimited gameplay, the, the, obviously the pay-per-view night one, and just being around other wonderful people in the pro wrestling community. I mean, you really can't beat that. So if you guys want more information on that, we're going to be updating the events page at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. So make sure you guys keep your eyes open for that. Okay? All due respect, guys. We're going to go ahead and close out this episode. Skywalker is an honor and a pleasure. Eventually, you're going to see myself and Dick Douglas back together. Uh, we're supposed to be doing this twice uh, a month. And he's either out with Hollywood starlets or hanging out with his grandpa, Joe Biden, or something in between. But the guy can't seem to make a show. And guess what? We're getting better each and every single week. Hopefully, you guys can see the difference in the presentation. Um, obviously, we've always had the best guest, Skywalker. So <laughs> that goes without saying. But hopefully, the presentation is starting to, to, to resonate with you guys and make an impression on you know how we're trying to improve and bring the best possible product forward that we can for you guys on behalf of WrestleTalk, uh, the, the FWWC, and, of course, uh, all of our wonderful sponsors. Uh, Skywalker, final thoughts. I got to tell you right now, it's a great show. Thank you to John Arezzi. Thank you to Tyler Copeland. Thank you to Ben Trust. Thank you to all the viewers. I got to tell you right now, episode 384 was great, but episode 385 is going to be even better. Make it a point to check us out on social media. That's all I've got. I'll see you this coming Friday in uh, Arnold, Missouri. That's all I got. Night out. Let's us go ahead and close it out, guys. And one more time, because we're getting a new version of this song next week, baby. One more time, the legendary DJ Money with our High Spots intro, guys. This is the last week you got to hear it. We're going to get you something fresh and new coming up next week. So we'll hit you with that as we make our way out of here. Grace and peace to everybody. God bless. Take care of yourselves. And remember, we're available for you 24-7 over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Mic check, mic check. Yeah!
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.